Once again, for two different generations of wrestling fans to go through the matches that the man of several generations before us as a wrestling fan and a man who certainly watched a far more wrestling than either of us combined, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher. And um, we're coming towards the end of an era of matches. Essentially, we're now in the final straight of all Japan pro wrestling matches uh, with another singles match for the Triple Crown. And for the first time, it's a singles match where Misawa and Kabashi are against each other. Kabashi comes in as the defending champion, but Misawa has never been pinned by Kabashi in a singles match. So that's what's at stake here as we start. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Simon, how excited were you at this Kabashi versus Misawa situation? Uh, oh, the chance of seeing them one-on-one. It's like when we saw um, the first time round Kawada going one-on-one against Misawa way back in 94. And look what happened with that. It's both, it is our mutual number one at the moment. Yeah. But then again, for every 94 Misawa-Kawada match you get, we have had um, the come down of, not well, I'm, perhaps I'm speaking in extremities, but the come down of their 97 outing, which just did not live up to expectations compared to what we had already in our heads and already built from um, their match in 1994. So with that cautionary tale in mind, I I was less hyped than I would be had we not had that situation, Mm -hmm. but still pretty damn hyped overall. Mm -hmm. And where were you at the end of this match? Oof, no foreplay. You're going straight in. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Uh, Oh, without wanting to telegraph, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Okay. Uh, just a little bit. I feel. I just feel throughout the match, it just, it just never it it built fine. Like the structure was good, but it just lacked a certain je ne sais quoi to it. There's a certain just little extraness to it. It, it seemed very much like a friendly, I don't want to say exhibition because it wasn't an exhibition, but there was just like a, it lacked a little bit of bite. Do you get where I'm coming from? I bloody like, love this match. I thought this match was amazing. Mm. It had almost I... as much intensity and excitement as the Kawada match, the 94 Kawada match. But it was telling a different story because it had a different dynamic. Yeah. Of it be, it's clear that we're getting to the point where Kabashi is the inheritor of the mantle of Misawa as the ace of the promotion, and he's got the triple crown, but he doesn't have the crown of pinning Misawa yet in a singles match. Very recently, he had debuted the Burning Hammer in a tag team match with uh, Jinsei Shinzaki, aka Hakushi, against Masara Nogawa, I believe. And that had pinned Misawa. So he had a pinfall over him. And he'd also won the Triple Crown from Toshiaki Kawada, who had won that title from Misawa 
finally beating him one-on-one -on -one straight in a singles match. And I've just looked up the stats here in the rivalry history between Misawa and uh, Kabashi. In total, during their entire careers, they have 16 singles matches with each other. And as is always the way in Japan, they, they keep them separate very for very and only keep put them together for very special occasions. Every single one of the 14 matches that they had in all Japan were related to either the Champion Carnival Tournament or they were for the Triple Crown. Uh, 91, 93 and 95 they faced off in the Champions Carnival. Misawa beating Kabashi in each one of those matches. Then Kabashi challenged uh, in October of 95 for the Triple Crown for the first time. Misawa is the defending champion. I think this is during Misawa's second reign. Misawa beat Kabashi again and then they met in the Champions Carnival again in 96. And Misawa beat him again. So then Kabashi had the Triple Crown in 97. He won it from um, Akira Tawe, who'd surprised Masao for the belt before in 96. And Masao beat Kabashi for the title again. So it was 6-0 going into 97 at the Champion mm -hmm. Carnival, where Kabashi got his first victory over Masao in the Champions Carnival. So that put it at 6-1. And then this was the Champions Carnival that had that unusual three-way tie at the top with Masawa, Kabashi and Kawada. And that oh, was, yes. I've yeah. previously mentioned, Masawa and Kabashi were drawn together first. They had a 30-minute draw. And then Kawada was able to pick the scraps off of, um, of uh, Masawa's carcass and beat him in only like six minutes or something immediately after his first singles win. But again, a qualified victory for Kabashi. Yeah. Uh, for Kawada, sorry. Then Kabashi comes back and Battles valiantly against Kawada, but ends up losing to him. But Kabashi has his first victory over Masao at this point in the Champions Carnival. It's kind of like how you can beat a team in the FA Cup, but you might not necessarily be able to beat them in the, in league. the league. Or vice versa, really. You can beat them in a one-off league match, but when it's the FA Cup final, the World Cup final, then the bigger team yeah. very often, you know, binds their way. So Kabashi challenges for Masao's Triple Crown title in October of '97. Masao wins again, so we're at 7-1-1. Then they have another match at Champions Carnival in 98. Masao wins that one again, so it's 8-1-1. And that's the point we're at. We're coming into the 11th match of this rivalry in singles matches. But it's a very different dynamic now to what it was before. Kobashi has reached the mountain, and essentially Masao is the last step. He's got the Triple Crown for a second time, beating Kawada, who'd beat Masao for the title at the Tokyo Dome. In Kawada's yeah. first defense. So Kawada's got his own little storyline going on as well that's separate from this. And that's why I like this match, that it has a different context to the Kawada match. Because it is not between two people that hate each other. It's between two people that greatly respect each other. Mm. And that that intensity is there in how they wrestle. Because it, so many of these uh, King's Road matches, especially the ones involving Kawada, pretty much go straight into it. Because Kawada... Ain't got no time for this, and yeah. just wants to boot Masawa in the face. Whereas Kabashi and Masawa, because they sort of respect each other and because they know each other, maybe better because they know each other as partners, that means they go to the mat, and it's a lot of a slower build, and there's a lot more technical wrestling. But what it puts over very early on is that Kabashi is stronger than Masawa, yes. and he kind of dominates the opening portion of the match. Um, he he's. Um, uh, he controls him on the mat. Uh, he hits him with a delayed vertical suplex. 
And also then when Misawa goes in for the strike exchange, which very often is when Misawa excels, Kabashi very quickly sort of has that, like he's having none of it. His facial expressions are amazing. And uh, he gets really fired up and hits him with a reverse chop and drops Masara and wins the opening exchange. It is this sort of starting to be the sense of Kabashi is no longer like fighting with everything that he's got. It's like he's got that capability there. And now it's about Masawa having to find some way through his um, greater experience to unpick the lock and to survive what Kabashi gives him. Because Kabashi beats the shit out of him in a lot of this match. Yeah, he does dominate him from Jump Street. I think the first move he hits is like this um, power slam. And that's just a great microcosm of like Kabashi's power. He just absolutely just drives him into the map. And he just dominates, like that just sends a message just from like the opening bell. And it's so very often the case with these Kings Road that whatever happens off of the apron to the outside is a key moment. And uh, early on, Misawa does his fake out, flip over the ropes. Landing yeah. on the apron, dives at Kabashi, and Kabashi knows that it's coming because he's already evaded the dive, and then he and then he takes the crossbody and turns it into a power slam on the outside. So again, it's like Kabashi knows Masawa so well because they team together for so long as well. Yeah, and he's now kind of developed every tool in his arsenal that means he's capable of beating Masawa. It's not going to be a fluke if he wins this match. It will be because he was the better man. Yes, like yeah, no, it's very much. That's very much the case. I like the um, the fact that Kenta has an answer for a lot of what Masawa throws out. A great example of that being Kabashi goes for a power bomb, as is very often the case. Masawa's counter is to go with a Hurricane Rana. Mas- Kabashi knows that's coming, with his strength blocks it and turns it into an elevated Boston Crab. Yeah, which is such a fantastic it's sort of like, uh- spot. Yeah, it's really weird. He has him like sort of like how you'd have him for a Styles Clash, but he's crabbing it as well. It, it's it's um, you know what I mean. He's got the legs really high up. That's yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. point there. Yeah, it's sort of like Walls of Jericho, but the arms aren't. It's not. It's not locking them down. You know, the, the yeah. knees aren't being bent. Yes. they're up in the air. Um, but yeah, and and also what you see a lot in this match is the pop up selling. But what's interesting is that now the pop up selling is uh, the pop up no sell is now um, prepared. They're prepared for it. Yeah. Kawada hits a German suplex. Masawa pops up, and Kabashi immediately catches his charge and puts him in a sleeper hold. Yeah. um, It's counters to counters. That's what's so fantastic. And again, it's probably a layered story that we're being told through multiple matches that we don't necessarily have to hand. Mm. Maybe it was that... In the 97 Champion Carnival match, Masawa did Hurricane Rana out of a powerbomb. But this time, Kabashi sees it coming. Maybe the last time Kabashi did hit a German suplex and Ka- Masawa popped up, he was able to hit him with like a charging elbow or a lariat. Yeah. This time, Kabashi ducks it and is able to catch him in a super hold to wear him down. Yeah, and no, it's just... They- the way they conduct this match is it just highlights two men, these two men that are that absolute apex, that absolute elite right now. Mm. And n- like you alluded to earlier, like whoever wins this is a very deserved winner. And the loser can't, it can't really be disparaged for losing. Like, cause someone just found that extra little bit. Mm. And that's really good. You like, it's no longer like I said. The ranking used to be that Masao was one, Kawa- uh, Kabashi was four. 
Now it's like Masawa's one and Kabashi's one A. Or if you think yeah. the champion is one by default, then it's the other way around. Yeah, and it's it's great to see this because usually it's very rare that you get people a at the same level in terms of like where they are in the company. B close to the same level at the very top of the tree in terms of ability and see in terms of just having already built a lot of layers behind it having it like um, having a narrative that stretched back from several years like baba's conservative booking has set the table for these guys to have put on this performance this is a story that's built up over eight years and kabashi's Uh, uh, um, connection to the Kawada feud is a factor in this. Because we've always seen that Kabashi's always felt like he's had to prove himself against Kawada in a certain way. And Mm. he meets in violence with violence. Whereas with this one, there is obviously that... I mean, they don't shake hands before and they can't shake hands after the match because they're both, you know, just barely able to Spent, yeah. Um, And so, like I said, it's a great face-v-face match where they're as aggressive as they need to be without it being, like, fueled by hatred or anything that you could see in, like, the Misawa Kawada and Kabashi Kawada matches. Yeah. Uh, Kawada just brings that out of you, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think that Kabashi... Because um, it's interesting, because it's not quite a generational feud, because they were in the same Super Generation army. Yeah. But it was, like, Kabashi was the junior members. Kabashi's, like, four years younger than Masao instead of it being, like, an Akiyama... Basically, hmm. the way that you can kind of look at it is like generationally, just as Masawa Kawada and Tawei sort of uh, exactly mirror um, Hashimoto, Muto, and Chono as the three musketeers, Kawada, uh, Kabashi is that bridge between the second and the third generation of those promotions in the same yeah. way that Kensuke Sasuke was. Uh, and then you look at Akiyama, he, he and I guess Ogawa and a few others that never really make it, are the equivalent of the third generation of New Japan, of Nagata, Nakanishi, uh, Kojima, and Tenzan. Uh, it's funny how it just like gradually, like it starts off with one, with Inoki and Baba, then it goes to two with Fujinami Choshu and Saruta Tenru, and then it goes to three, and then four. Four, and they just build a pyramid <laughs> in it's parallel. It's funny how that works. Um... Well, that worked. It's now not the case, because now it's not like there's seven people that are all equal, you yeah. know? It's just like, I guess you carry the weight. I guess with more legacy and time, you know, the, the, it goes like that. And also the nature of how wrestling promotions work now. Uh, you yeah. can't really ha- You don't really have that totemic figurehead above all others as much anymore. Mm. Um, also because they just don't have exacting control. Kind of Baba and Inoki could say that they were going to stay at the top because they booked the whole they, Yeah, they, they were the, the big chiefs. Inoki, um, Inoki to the extent where he would um, try and take on Muhammad Ali. <laughs> we'll talk about Inoki another time, maybe. Uh, yeah, but again, like you're getting the pop-up cells, and like I said, they're countered to that because Masawa as well does a German suplex to Kabashi, and Kabashi pop-ups, pops up and tries to do a diving tackle, and Masawa greets that with an elbow. Uh, he hits his Tiger Driver, that gets a really long two count. Kabashi starts doing... There's a few head drops, but again, it's not... I've got two head drops in my notes. There might have been another one or two in there. But it's, not to, the, but it's not to the point of spamming it like the previous yeah. Masawa Kawada 97 match was. I have one that I've, I've made a point of highlighting. 
and it is towards the end to be fair so if you are going to do one mm. it does make sense to do it there uh, also we see for the first time in these matches I don't know how long he's been doing it actually maybe he did it once before I can't remember uh, Kabashi doing his powerbomb into the buckles yes he, that, uh, he does Seth it Rollins a buckle famously buckle. used to do till uh, a sting injury yeah um, but yeah, it's just uh, Kabashi just has an answer to everything for the most part for for Masawa. Masawa hits him with elbows. Kabashi replies with lariat and hits him with his orange crush bomb. Um, uh, he tries the burning hammer, uh, Masawa, and that's really built up to it. And Masawa's desperately trying to elbow out of it. Um, uh, Kabashi sets him on the top rope to try and get it really well but Masawa flips out and lands on his feet but Kabashi already has that in mind and clobbers him with a lariat Um, and then hits a guillotine leg drop off the top Um, but yeah then then the the final like the moment where Masawa's kind of able to turn the tide is when he hits uh, gets a hurricane runner off of a powerbomb and Kabashi goes head first into a turnbuckle yes and then hits him with a tiger driver off the apron again it's that apron move that kind of you know Masawa knows he's got to pull out all the stops just mm. like how Tawe had to do that in order to try and beat him with the apron Don Don so Masawa is now the guy that has to like take it to that next level with the apron tiger driver yeah and he he didn't find his gap. He he reacted and created a gap, if that makes sense. It's not like he was able to stand up and then hit his own move. Mm. He's reacted to uh, a second buckle bomb attempt. Yeah. And therefore, the, there's a slightest sliver, the door's very slightly open, and he is just prying his hands into it and trying to force it open. And this is that veteran's instinct of knowing what yeah. needs to be done. Uh, and it is ultimately Masawa's experience that keeps him in this match. Uh, uh, and the, the, the thing about the Tiger Driver is that it essentially equals it up. Like, all the damage that Kabashi's been inflicting on Masawa, and Kabashi's one deadly move off the apron has sort of put them on level footing, because when they get yeah. back, they're both out on their feet exchanging chops and, and elbows. It takes a, it takes an age after that for them to both be able to, like, stand up. Yeah. I, I I did think maybe I don't know if, I don't know why in my head maybe I'm just so used to like the Americanized finishes I did think they'd just do that nine and then get up kind of thing but they're they're, they're just spread eagled it's just like the aftermath of like it's a sign as well that they make these things count they're not just doing move 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 no no time for rest it's like a I remember Pat Patterson telling uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, as if I was there, I just remember them recalling it, <laughs> that he said, just lie there for ages and the crowd will get into it. And that's what Masara and Kabashi will do. There will be like a minute's break in between a huge move, like the Tiger Driver off the apron, before they get back into it. Cause they, you know, and the crowd is just absolutely uh, going mental at this point. Uh, Kabashi desperately tries to fight it off, but Masawa hits his Tiger Driver 91 variant with the head drop, which yeah. was what won that classic 94 match, and that gets doesn't get doesn't quite get the three counts. And what's great as well is Masawa is um he's waiting on Kabashi. I remember at this moment, and I do think like this was the match that really kind of showed how Masawa tells a story through his face, even though you know you, the common not criticism but the observation of him is that he's so stoic and emotionless. But what he really plays up is, is, first of all, the pain that he's going through, but maybe that's just because he genuinely, after 
eight years of be doing these sort of matches, <laughs> as well as all the stuff he was doing before, and with Tiger Mask, he's genuinely in discomfort and pain during this whole thing. Yeah. But also just the exhaustion of the match. Uh, I've got a note about that later on, but just as he's waiting on Kabashi, it's like he's doing every. He's like he's. You can feel like his brain is calculating yes. what he has to do. Again, that's one of the things why I, I rate him along with Bret Hart. You can see like his his intel his in ring intelligence and his thinking behind yeah. everything. Whereas Kabashi's all passion and fury still, but he's just finally been able to channel it properly with with experience. Yeah, they're but they're both very good at telling those stories with their facial expressions as well. It's like two sides of um the same coin. If you see what I mean. Like they're both at the top table when it comes to facials, but they use it so differently. Mm. Uh yeah, so uh, uh, uh Masawa charges at Kabashi because you think you think he may be a running elbow, which was what won against Kawada in that recent match. But Kabashi just clobbers him with a lariat because he sees it coming. And then he crawls desperately to Masawa again, just milking that crowd, playing it up, and just can only put a hand on him for the pinfall. Yeah. And that gets a long two count. Kabashi hits a chop, and then Masawa replies with three of his elbows, and that knocks Kabashi down. And again, as we've seen in that Kabashi, in that Kawada match and the Tawe match, they're trying to play off this kind of they've got nothing left in them and just sometimes the strike it's like you know you want to make an analogy if you want to look at like a street fighter game you might hit a thousand hand slap if you're e honda and that yeah. gets their bar of health down to one tiny bar and then it's just a kick that wins it for them i guess that's kind of the thinking behind this but again it gets a tight a long two a long three count a long two count hits a tiger suplex that's a long three so again it's like kobashi is now the one that's having to try and survive yeah like masao was beforehand uh, and then he hits another charging elbow and he gets a 2.9 and this is I think like now it's like how certain things become cliche in wrestling yeah and and then people sort of start stopping doing that like one I said recently was like the indie face off that came from all these junior heavyweight things and I think the thing that now is going to start getting uber criticised well two things I think are the milking of the 20 counts for a count out or the 10 count for a count yeah. out that led to Jack Gallagher screwing up and losing his match by counter. That might be one of the signs of people thinking, oh, maybe maybe we should not maybe do this Maybe we don't have to do time. this all the time, yeah. And the other one is when someone hits their finishing move or a big move and it doesn't get the three count, and then they just have that shot face expression. And they never... It's It can work, but it, you can't do it every time. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna have more, more and more finisher kickouts, that holds less and less value. And what I prefer, actually, and I think it's probably because of that sort of the overabundance of it, is that at this moment, before that became a thing, really, uh, Masawa pins him after the charging elbow and doesn't get the three count, and he just puffs out his cheeks, and it's this sense of it is like not so much shock, but just exhaustion and. Again, his brain's ticking. He's like, what yeah. is it going to take to finish this guy? And um, and and also just the sense of the exhaustion that he's feeling. And it works more realistically. Um, and all he does is just hit him with more elbows and lariats and more elbows. And Kabashi just collapses and that gets him the three counts. So again, it just keeps like chopping this, down the tree. It's funny that at the same time you're creating these murder-death-kill finishes like the, the Burning Hammer and Misawa's Emerald Flosion and... Kawada's Ganzo bomb. Have you ever seen that? Oh, I don't think I have seen the Ganzo. Okay, so we're going to take a moment here whilst we're talking. I'm going to send a link to Simon. Um, Hang on. 
I'll, I'll, I'll load it on my phone because we've had this yeah. problem before. Okay, so just go on YouTube <laughs> and look up Kawada Ganso Bomb, G-A-N-S-O Bomb. Oh, Ganso like the um, South American footballer. Okay. So, as I'm saying this, Simon, what makes you think... It says, I think it's at the top there with Kawada Driver. Yeah. So, it's a 12-second video. Let me know when you've got it on. Oh, I've got it as Kawada Driver, so I'm just going to load that. Right, yeah, I'm just going to play that now. Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> oh, there's no way that's a good idea. To be fair, that was sort of a botch. Um, the, because, I should hope so. Well, it was sort of, again, it was doing like the counter to the counter because he goes for the power yeah. bomb. You can see Misawa going for the hurricane runner, and I guess the idea was that Kabash, uh, Kawada would muscle him up and do the proper power bomb. Uh, the problem was that his arm was broken at this point. Oh. And Masawa didn't really know what he was planning to do, <laughs> and from that came the Ganzo bomb. Oh, that is disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. But then, like they they inco- they created like the altern like that became the finisher uh, later on, like a more a slightly safer version of. I was gonna game. say, yeah, if you're gonna plan to do that, at least you alter it so. What's it crazy, does... though, is you can see a proto-Ganso bomb five years earlier in the most unlikely of places. SummerSlam 89, Rick Rude against the Ultimate Warrior. I think Rick Rude's going for a pile driver. He must have been. Ultimate Warrior wasn't where he wanted him to be, and he sort of turned it into a power bomb, but not really. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway... That has been the end of the match. I guess this has kind of been, the whole thing has been like my defensive statement about how this is a fantastic match and, you know, I'll flat out say I'm giving it five stars and I think it's a top ten contender. Simon, where do you stand? I think now, it's very... Me giving you uh, the defence. I think it's very good. I am not giving it five stars. However, it's not far away. We have really conflicting ideas. <laughs> it seems to happen every episode now. The things I don't give five stars, you give five stars. And the things I give five stars, you don't give five stars. Our top tens are going to start to look a lot different. And maybe our definitive five might start to look a lot different. It's going to be harder. Or become more hard to uh, yeah. settle on. But there's just not much more to say. This is the start of a period of you can tell that eventually soon Kabashi's going to get that win and maybe 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 if it weren't for Giant Baba's conservative ways of doing things maybe Masawa himself is kind of hoping that that time will come yeah soonish just so he can have a bit of a breather well I don't know if you watched after the match when they're being escorted out and they show you footage of Masawa in his in his locker room and there's like three dojo students just lying across his legs (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what it was for, for him to get the feeling back into them or, or, or remove Probably some to of stop, the feeling. I don't I was, know. I was going to say, possibly to stop them from shaking. Maybe, which is kind of scary to think about. Well, we know how the tale ends, sadly. Mm. 
So yeah, Masawa reclaims the triple crown at this point that he'd so recently lost at the Tokyo Dome. Um, and yeah, we have um, we have ourselves another match that we're in debate of. I thought it was amazing. You thought it was very good. I thought it was five stars. You didn't. But Simon, where can people get in touch you with you to tell you why you're wrong and <laughs> Lorcan is right as always? Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I'm signed under Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of times uh, that Lorcan has done that to me and tried to throw me under the bus in the past. All right. Uh, my name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for awesome knowledge n for negativity <laughs> that's my twitter handle instagram facebook letterbox if you put at gmail.com at the end of it that's my email address if you can contact the podcast itself if you want to give us both both barrels that's lmtyspod at gmail.com um our next episode is a f- rematch from this one another s- 18 or so months down the line i think uh Yep, just, well, no, actually not 18 months, uh, a mere eight months later, sorry. Uh, on the 11th of June, 1999, Masawa and Kabashi would meet yet again for the Triple Crown, with Masawa defending it this time, although, again, the uh, All Japan uh, Triple Crown at this point in time is having a bit of a hot potato situation going on. Mm. Uh, in between that and this one, uh, Masawa lost it again to Kawada. So Kawada was kind of able to keep the winning streak going with Masawa. It's like the buses, you wait ages and then both turn up at the same time. Two turn up at the same time. Uh, and continuing Kawada's streak of awful luck, he then broke his leg during the, that match and had to vacate it immediately. Ugh. The belt was won in a tournament final with Kabashi being on the losing end to the recently debuting Vader. Okay. Who, after his time in the WWF, where he essentially turned himself into, in his own words, a big fat piece of shit, he returned to Japan and found his glory days uh, again in in the All Japan rings as opposed to New Japan, where he previously made his mark. Uh, Then Masawa would win it back for All Japan at the Tokyo Dome. And this was his very first defense after defeating the monstrous Vader. To try and take on Kent Kabashi. And you know things are getting serious now because they're both growing out some beards. Oh, oh God, no. I, 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 I dread to Simon, think. Simon, I don't know if either of us can comment on other people's quality of uh, facial hair maintenance. No, well, possibly not. But having seen some of the attempts at beards we've seen so far in this series, I, I am a little bit horrified. And Masawa's face, I can I can tell you right now, I do not think it suits a beard. I've not seen it yet, but I do not think it will suit a beard. That's a bit preemptive of you. Negative Simon strikes yet again. I stand by my comment. Oh, we'll have to give the beards a star rating as well. Yeah, life isn't always sunshine and rainbows, Lorcan. But until then, there's nothing left to say except my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. Goodbye.